Uh, so this is what is kind of a, a piggyback on last week. And so the less you try, the better it gets. Because um, the, the flip side was the harder I tried in Christianity, the worse it got to me. Is I just got frustrated, burned out, bummed out. I think we've all been there where we, we like this, this is despair and depression. And uh, where do we go with this, Lord? And, and that's kind of what Les said. He's like, if you don't catch me, I'm done. And he goes, of course he caught me. I go, of course he caught you. He's, he's just good. And so he'll meet us at our lowest part. And so if that's what you're feeling, bummed out, burned out, whatever, it's natural. It's the human condition for a lot of people because the law will get you tired. And the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil will ultimately just wear you out. And finally, you just go, this isn't a very good marriage. But we don't think of it as a marriage. We think of these to-do things. So I'm not saying don't work hard at your job. What I'm saying is you don't have to do any religious gymnastics anymore. It's just resting in what he's done, his perfect work, where he's done everything and I have everything. I'm, I'm a joint heir with him. I'm in union with him. He's my husband. And he's a good husband. He, uh, uh, and so it's been, started all this dialogue, you know, like... Um, because uh, I, I was taught, some of you guys, you might relate to this message. I was taught, if you're hungry and desperate for God. Jesus said, if you're hungry, come to me and I'll satisfy you. So if we're hungry and desperate and crying out for the Lord, then we're missing something because he's not a good father. He's not a good husband. He's not a good provider. We should be totally satisfied and chilling like Bob Dylan, in my opinion. You're just like, you know what, Lord, you're good. And there's nothing I have to do. So anything we do, whether it's, uh, in fact, I was talking to another friend and, um, so they're coming down out from North Denver next week for all the stuff. They were like, I realized that all my prayer, all my devotional, everything I was doing was out of this obligation and fear that I might strain my relationship with God. I go, it's weird. If you can't describe it in a marriage relationship or a father-son, it's not the gospel. It has to be. I would never make my wife go... Um, learn about me, do this. Hey, sweetie, in, my, in your own effort, love me more. What's that going to do? What's that? <laughs> that's, yeah, that's about right. He said, serve your papers. I go, I know. And so that's what I'm talking about, is just resting in him. So let's go to this first slide. Because let's go, the, all scripture is talking about two different things. So Proverbs 14, 12, there's a way that appears right, but in the end it leads to death. What's he talking about, do you think? The tree of the knowledge of good and evil versus the tree of life. Hey, you must do. If you do these things, you'll find life or you just have life because you're one with me. Does that make sense? So there were two fallacies when the, when the, the serpent basically you know, tricked Adam and Eve. It says he deceived them. What, deceived them means if you're, if you're deceived, what, what does that mean actually? I believed the wrong thing. I believed a lie, right? So he was never upset with them for eating his apple because we've made it into sin as... Um, he hates that behavior, Joe, and get your act together because he hates sin. He loves the person who hates sin. I'm so tired of that. What he's trying to say is, I don't want you to believe the lie about me anymore. That's hamartia. Now, it leads to bad behavior. I get it. But the, the bad behavior is not the issue, guys, is, is when our heart, when we know we're perfectly loved, radically forgiven, we love and we, we fulfill the law is what it says. We fulfill it. We wouldn't have to have all these rules, regulations to learn about him or et cetera. He, he, he does things that are crazy that don't, don't make sense to us. Like his ways are higher. Guess what? Because his justice, we think justice is, um, you know, the blood in, in Hebrews, it talks about the blood of Jesus speaks better things than the blood of Abel, right? So the blood of Abel was uh, when Cain killed Abel, what was supposed to happen at that death? Vengeance. 
justice. So the blood of Jesus was what? Forgiveness. I don't need vengeance. I forgive debts. You guys get it? It speaks better things. So anyway, so there's two trees. Hey, if you're eating, in Scripture is eating, so we made it the physical thing. That's why I joke about it with all the health guys. So I go, well, if we get our health from food, then we, we got physically ill from eating the most organic whole foods apple in the world because there wasn't this fallen condition yet. It's not about that, but I like to mess with them. So, because <laughs> it's... it's and that's, that's, a, that's a legalism in itself. You cannot find life by doing. Does that, does that make sense? You find life by believing. Hey, I believe nothing can touch me. Okay. That's a better way to live. It's just fun, actually. But uh, I want to get into that. But, so he's saying, hey, there's a way that seems right. If you eat from this tree, but I'm going to find life. If I do these things, follow these rules, etc., I'm going to feel fulfilled, satisfied, loved, everything. It doesn't work. Like I said, but if we eat from the tree of life, which is what? Jesus. So eating in scripture, you guys know what it's, what's about really? What eating is? Eating the fruit is believing. That's all it is. So there's two kinds of men. One's going to believe they have to work for it, right? The law, the legalism, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Uh, what are all the, the other imagery in the Bible? Um, the two covenants, the, the fig tree, all those things are the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The, 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 uh, the law written and engraved on stones will kill you, but Believing brings life. Spirit brings life is what it says. So it's all talking about the same thing. So what I'm trying to get you to understand is he's finished everything. You can just chill out and love, be loved. In fact, people go, what should I do? You should try, do nothing as best you can and just focus on how much he loves you and go, no matter what, he loves me, he forgives me, he blesses me. No matter what. Then you can start to experience life. That's really what it's all about. So Hey, there's a way that appears right, but it's so natural to us, right? If we do these things, God will bless us. But then we read these other scriptures. He says, I pour out my spirit on the evil and the righteous. And then in the Psalms, people are crying out, Lord, this doesn't seem fair. How are the righteous prospering? And I'm working so hard and it's not working for me. You guys see it, all those scriptures? And that's, the, that's this human idea. And he's like, you know what? I, I, I shine on both. I pour out on all. I share with all. And so uh, Genesis 2.17, you must not eat from this tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat from it, you will certainly die. Death always comes from us having to perform to be pleasing to God. But it seems right to us, doesn't it? Because from this high, that's what we're taught. And there is a place for parenting, guys. People are like, what do you do? I go, I parent my kids. But I, I try to do it where they understand I love them perfectly. And I'm like, I'm correcting you guys. So you, you're not a mess. Because eventually we know better that we're going, hey, if you touch that, it's going to hurt. But do we still love them if they touch it? Yes. So somehow we've made God this ogre on a mountain that's mad at us if we did something wrong. He still loves us. The reason he was going, hey, don't do that because it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. Does that make sense to you guys? And guess what? If we mess it up, does he withhold his blessing? No. No. That'll kill you if you believe that. If you're trying to operate out of the good and evil, if I'm good, he's going to bless me. If I'm bad, he's going to... No, he's good and only good, and he doesn't have this good-evil deal. So the two lies at the, at the serpent with Adam and Eve were, one, hey, if you eat this, you shall become like me. What was the, challenge? What was the lie there? They were already God's son. They were already created in his image, so they were already like God. And the other lie is this, is if you, if you know how to operate the tree of the knowledge of good and evil... If you think God operates out of good and evil, you're going to find life. Does op God operate out of good and evil? No. He's good only. There's no shadow or darkness in him. 
It sounds right to us. Hey, if we, if we do the right thing, he'll bless us. No, he blesses us and loves us because he loves us. That's who he is. Does that make sense to you guys? Okay, because I don't care what you do. Um, if you're trying to find life by doing, praying, fasting, all those things are good. If you're doing it from a, a, a place of um, satisfaction where, oh, I feel so content, Lord, I just want to... I just want to read some scripture. But I, I don't know, if maybe it's only me, but I remember reading for years scripture going, the harder I tried, the more I tried to understand it, the worse it killed me. And get into the word more and do all these things more. And then I find it funny because he says the new covenant, it's not going to be written on stones. It's not going to be written. It's going to be on your heart. And all will know me and it's going to be by the spirit. So don't don't email me, message me, Facebook me that said, Mike said, don't read the Bible. <coughs> I'm not saying that. I'm saying that if you rest and just let him woo you and love you and, and uh, the, the less you try, be good. The less you try, uh, be blessed by, the, the less you do that and just go, he loves me. He blesses me. He washes me with his message. It just starts to work. It starts to bubble up. And you start to feel loved. So you cannot, you know, all these marriage things, I go, the church looks no different than anybody else. So, hey, husbands, love your wives. And I remember Barbara and I going, if I knew how, I would. All it was was a command to me to love her more. I'm like, I'm dying over here. Somebody throw me a bone. I'm trying to love her more. I can't. I'm trying to get my love meter up and whatever. And then, honey, you respect her. And if he doesn't respect you, cast the spirit of Jezebel out. And like, oh, what a disaster waiting to happen that was. So I felt the spirit of Jezebel. Oh, so what, here's what that is all about. When you feel loved, we literally are the branch. We can bear no fruit unless we're connected to the vine. He's the source of everything. He's the source of our love. So when we allow ourselves to be loved, oh, guess what? Now I can love. When we allow ourselves to realize um, he keeps no record of wrong. He's never had a tally of when we sinned or not. He's never done it. Isn't that good news? That's good news, at least for me. Some of us better news than others. Um, really good news for me. It reminded me all again when I was at the academy. Today, like, oh my gosh. Oh, I was a mess. This, that was an accident waiting to happen. So they go, you graduated? I go, despite myself, I graduated. So there is a God. Anyway. Um, and you know what's funny is uh, this, this is really real. Barb tried so hard to be good and she got in trouble all the time. <laughs> Ask her. Because we had these things called tours. They, they called them centurions. Like you had to march with a, a rifle. You, have you guys seen them do tours? So if you get in trouble, you do this for an hour. This is one tour. And you can't talk to anybody. You're carrying your rifle. And she's a centurion. She marched over a hundred of those goofy things. People go, how many tours did you do? Zero. <laughs> it just works. I can't tell you it works. When you feel guilty, it, it, oh, you, just, you bring condemnation on yourself. I was like, you know what? I'm just me. I'm a Polish kid from Iowa. I, I don't know why I'm here. I'm with these smart kids. And uh, I'm just here. And it's working. Praise God. <laughs> I'm just happy. So it's really real, guys, if you understand this. Is if, you, if it comes from the inside out, he loves me. He loves me perfectly. He doesn't keep any record of wrong. He blesses me even when I make the mistake. So even when you, because let's face it, he's no, there's no shadow or turning or darkness in him. 
People go, well, does he bless you even if you're the one sinning? Yes, because he's never the one, right? When is it ever his? It's not his, it's ours. It's our distorted view. That's what homartia is. So anyway, it sounds good. It's a way that seems right unto a man, but the end it leads to death. So Jesus answered, John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Why did I include that one there? Because I think we, we're, still trying to, we're still trying to find him by the types and shadows, which is scripture itself, right? And he says, this new way, I'm gonna come, and nobody's gonna, you're not gonna have to go, hey, learn about me. You're not gonna find me or by reading the book. In fact, Jesus kind of chastised them. He said, you got your Bible so deep in it for so long, you cannot find me because you're trying to find life by doing. Does that, does that make sense to you guys? So I'm not saying don't read your Bible. It's beautiful to me, but I found that the deepest moments when he speaks to me the most is just when it comes up. And he's like, Mike, you're loved. It's gonna be okay. Oh, Whew. Because I, I know for me, is if, if I have to have this, and some of you guys are more rigid, et cetera, so hey, do it if you're finding life. But if you're, if you're finding that that's not bringing you life, and like, where are you, God? Just let him love you, is really what I'm trying to say. Stop trying to prove yourself to God and let him prove himself to you. Does that make sense to you guys? So I'm not saying any of those things are wrong. But uh, I know for me, like when I first learned about prayer, it was this time where I had to, he's the, he's God, and why would you not want to pray to this God? And I'm like, I don't know. I can't help myself. I fall asleep and, and I don't know. And, and then you're supposed to fast. I'm like, all I can think about is a chili cheese dog. It's killing me. <laughs> you know, fast because you got to put the flesh down to get closer to him. I'm like, I thought we're one. And he became flesh. So I don't have to put my flesh down. He became flesh. Does that make sense? It's all religious nonsense to me. It really is, because here's what I know. There's, there's, there's friends I have that do nothing, and you would look at them and go, how's that working? They don't read the Bible. They don't do this. They F-bomb every now and then. They do all that. They, they got a great marriage. Their life's working. They're, that's not fair. What does that sound like? It's the older brother. It's the older brother, right? Let me tell you about like, the father's all about in the parable of the sons. There's going to be one riotous living's crazy, etc. How did the father respond? You're my son. You didn't lose anything. Does that make sense? What was the older brother's response? I've done all of this work. I've served you my whole life, God, and you wouldn't even give me fatted calf, right? And what was the father's response? You've had everything the whole time. It's all yours. You don't have to work for it. It's yours. You don't have to strive and be desperate and pleading for God. Does that, does that make sense to you guys? So the doing, the doing, all I'm trying to say is religious works can kill you if you're doing it out of a place of, I have to do this to get closer to God. You cannot get there unless he does it for you. He's the way, the truth, and the life. Does, does that make sense? And how did he do it? He became flesh. He died our death. And he rose our resurrection. That's why Paul was so excited. We've concluded that if one died, all died. So here's what you need to know, guys. Jesus, as far as God's concerned, they've eliminated sin, distortion from what we should believe so far from us that they've forgotten about it. That's not how he relates to us. He doesn't relate to us from the good tree, the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He relates to us as my bride that I love and I'll pamper to death. Does that make sense? Because <sighs> even his faith, that's what, that was really strong when I was thinking about it, even today on Mark 11, 23, 23 24, because we, everything I did, even in that, it's like, if you build your faith, then it'll happen, right? 
And what he's trying to say, it says, and people argue about this, it says faith in God, faith of God. Well, the faith, the faith like God is I say those things as if they're not. And I see people trying to convince themselves, I speak to this thing and this and that, and I speak those things that aren't as if they are, and they're dying. I'm just watching them die on the vine because they're, not, they're missing it, in my opinion. What he's trying to say is have the faith of God. So here's what I think that means is I got this little measure that we all have, but he's given us something that we can rely on, which is what? The faith of God. So I can go, Lord, oh, I'm so persuaded, which is actually faith. I'm so persuaded that it's not on my ability to believe. I can believe that there's somebody that has a better faith, you, the faith of God that's working on my behalf. Oh, thank you, Father, because you're not worried about the stuff I worry about. I have the faith of God. Two have become one. Does that make sense to you guys? You've received his faith as a gift. Does that help? <laughs> I know it's, oh, it's just hard for me to get, unravel all this stuff that I'm like, but I get happy when I hear it. Because I'm like, oh, yes, that's what it means. He's, he's given me his faith as a gift so I can go, I'm going to kick my puny faith to the curb and just go, thank God I can go to rest because I have your faith now. And you, your faith is probably pretty good. Thank you, Lord, that you've given me your faith as a gift. See, I can be persuaded of that. It's hard for me to persuade. If I tongue enough, I'll have it. And if I speak enough, I'll have it. It's hard for me to, to believe that as much as I do all those things. It's more reassuring to me to go, you've got it all, even my faith. It's on your side of the ledger now. Does that help? All right, so let's keep going here. We'll, we'll get you, we'll, we'll go fast now. Sounds good? All right, 2 Corinthians 3, 6. He's made us competence as ministers of a what kind of a covenant? A new covenant, okay? <coughs> Not of the letter. For the letter kills. But the spirit does what? Life. How long have you been taught that get into that thing more, that letter more, yeah. and you're going to find it? How's it going? Just be honest with yourself. Boy, you, get, you talk about hate mail. But I never found life until, because the more I tried, I didn't understand it. What about this scripture? This doesn't line up with this one, and, but it's infallible, okay. Um, but I'm fallible. So even if it was perfect, I'm not. So I'm probably going to interpret it wrong. Have you guys ever interpreted a scripture wrong? Did it bring life? No, once, once you get the right, correct, like somebody will bring light to a scripture, like that's what that means? Oh. And you know when you hear it, because you, your, your heart leaps, right? Your, your brain's like the older brother. I hate this. You mean I did that stuff for 30 years and it was a waste of time? Yep. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, I've been there too. So uh, I'm like, so none of that mattered. But then, I, then you, honestly, you'll get to the other side of it and you go, praise God that none of it mattered because I can trust you because you're trustable. It's probably not a word, but whatever. So, so anyway, I'm just saying it's really hard to find life out of the type and shadow. Not that you, it doesn't point you to Jesus, but ultimately he wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to have a marriage relationship with you and you cannot have a marriage relationship reading about it. Some of your, your hearts are probably going, yes, but your brain's, because, <laughs> hey, from this high, you've been taught, get into that thing more. And I'm not opposed to that, but I, I know myself, when I start reading it, if I start to get anxious, my shoulders come up, everything, I'm like, I'm not getting this, Lord. He's like, I don't either, so why don't you just hang out with me and I'll love you. 
Oh, that's better. Okay, I can do that. Does that make sense? Or do something you like. You know, whether you, if you like nature, do something you like. If you like me, I love music, so I put music on. And you know what I find? That when I'm not trying to do it, he speaks to me. He'll, I'll find him there. It's really, really interesting. So if you, if you absolutely love scripture and you're finding life in it, get after it, guys. I don't, that's not, you guys, I hope you're understanding what I'm saying. But the same thing is when I thought prayer was, I had, a, I had to set aside a time to do this thing. Um, it, was, it was not fun to me. It was not enjoyable to me. It was like this discipline that I, gosh, I'm going to do better next time. No, that'll kill you. That's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you do this more, you're going to find life. Now, prayer to me is like, okay, um, God, it's me again. <laughs> uh, wash me with your message again. And I, I just try to meditate on how good he is. And I already have everything. And like, you're good. And it's going to be okay. And I can trust you. And that's prayer to me now. It's this intimate relationship where I go, you know what? You know what's, you, what's amazing about you, Father? That I can tell you the, the, the deep things, the dark things that, that I'm ashamed of maybe. And this was this conversation with Les. He was like, there's things. And I was like, bro, we all have them. And the amazing part of God is he meets us right there. He's not ashamed of that dark stuff. He's not ashamed of those things we struggle with. He goes, if you didn't need me to heal you there, then you didn't need me. I'm not asking you to heal yourself. I'm asking you to let me heal you. Does that help you guys? I'll come into that. If you're just, if you're just one with me, and gals, you're usually a little bit easier than, than the guys because we want to puff up and, and not be vulnerable. Um, but I just, I know for me, I'm like, Lord, okay, I, I'm done. I, I can't do this thing. And so help. And does he help every time? every time. So he's trustworthy. So anyway, I'm just telling you, uh, some of you guys may not know this, but the letter can kill you. Okay. Is that we good here? I'm not saying that Paul's saying that. And he wrote two thirds of the letters in the new Testament. And he goes, but it can kill you. But the spirit believing in here, I'm going to write my laws on your heart is what the new covenant says. It's not going to be written on stones. It's not going to be written on a book. It's going to be in your heart and everybody will know me. That's what's been so fascinating to me. Robert and Karen, we were talking about that is everywhere I'm going now is if you ask God, oh, I left the church or I'm not, I go, you didn't leave the church. You left religion. I said, you've got a story. Tell me what's going on. And I go, but if you could describe a God, if you could believe in a God, what does he look like? And Brad Jerzak's so good at this when he comes. He's so good at this. I learned all this from him actually is uh, what would he look like? Describe him to me. And they always describe Jesus because all know him. He's poured out his spirit on all flesh and all know him. And then, you, then the gospel's easy, guys, and go, hey, would you be surprised that you just shared Jesus perfectly? I think you're hearing him perfectly. Does that help? Okay, so, hey, the letter can kill, but believing the right thing, what's the believing the right thing? It, does, uh, is, is God gonna judge you for your behavior? Well, let's look at Jesus in scripture. Did he judge the woman caught in the act of adultery? And what did he say to her? I didn't come to judge you. I came to save you. Right? Now go and hamartia no more. Have no distorted view of who I am. I tried to show you've had it all wrong. You thought I was this judgmental God really upset that you ate my apple. And somebody's got to pay because I ate your apple. He goes, my blood speaks better things. My blood is, no, no, no. I forgive debts. I forgive Okay, so they're not rules to follow, but they're truths to believe. So the gospel is he's, hey, he's removed sin so far from the east from the west that he wants you to have no distorted view of who you are. Because if you, if you perfectly loved guys, 
What are you going to do to your neighbor? You're going to love the neighbor, which is the fulfillment of the law. You won't need rules to read. You'll have it here. Does that help? And so, you know, I remember, uh, I'll get into that. It'll take me too long. So really the first time I ever got this was actually in, in Bible school in Africa where there was this book by Kenneth Hagin. It said marriage, remarriage, and divorce or something like that. And I was like, oh, I might need this because <laughs> they're making me do this pastor gig. Um, and then I'm reading, reading, reading. This is Kenneth Hagin, guys. And all of a sudden he goes, I asked the Holy Spirit, so what's the rules? He goes, there is no rule. I about fell out of my chair, honestly. Like, wait, I was looking for the rule. Like, so I knew the rule. So I could tell you if you go, hey, if, what's the rule? No, there's no rule. And if you keep reading, he goes, because if you loved, you wouldn't worry about it. It wouldn't be an issue. Whoa, that rocked my boat. The other time I, so these are like grace messages to me where I'm starting to go down this track. Like, I, he's actually good. And he's a, he's a good God. And he's not this ogre, like I said. And another one was that we we're at a big meeting. Joe, you know this guy. And uh, he was a big meeting. There's this grumpy old guy. It looked like this. But then we would have these church services on Sunday mornings. And, uh, and he goes, ladies, um, if you've had an abortion, God's not mad at you. In fact, Jesus has your baby waiting in your arms. And you're going to meet him. Oh, that rocked my world. I was like, that? I, I don't know what that was, but that was pure God right there. Does that make sense? And another lady, so all these steps along the way, it was, I can tell her just driving me to go, he's good, he's better than you think. And there's another lady that, uh, um, I wouldn't call them religious. They, weren't, uh, they didn't do all the things that we do, you know, devotions and reading and praying and all this stuff. But I'm looking at them, I was like, how did you learn this stuff? Your marriage is incredible. So they were, they were you know, probably 30 years older than Barb and I, and uh, out in California. And I was like, man, I, I want your marriage. I look at a lot of people in church and their marriage, eh. I don't want that. It doesn't look very fun to me. Um, and it's supposed to be fun, isn't it? Like, if I'm going to do this with you forever, it should be good, right? I don't know. Maybe I'm just too simple, but marriage good. God blessed it, said it was good. He blessed it. By the way, do you know that in marriage, you probably heard this, but if you go, if you've ever been to a marriage ceremony, it goes, hey, for better, for worse, for sickness and death, you know that's nowhere in Scripture. God made marriage and he barocked it, spoke good things about it. That's it. Isn't that beautiful? So when I do marriages, I go, let me just get this up front. The religious people aren't going to like this, but God's good and he wants to bless and only bless. It's going to get better and better and better and better and better. He keeps no record wrong. He loves you perfectly. And if you know how much you're loved, you'll love and it'll all work out. Right? The worst thing Barb could do is go, you need to do this more. Get into your Bible more. Oh, Yeah. It'll stir up the orneriness in me. So I'm like, I'm gonna put all, I'm gonna give all my Bibles to goodwill, Barb. You know, <laughs> it's just what it does to us, right? It just stirs us up. So I know I'm not supposed to keep record wrong, but it would. So anyway, so this couple, I'm, I'm like, God, they're beautiful. They're loving. They're, they're, they got all this stuff. And then she goes, Yeah, I have a ministry. I go, Really? That's interesting. Tell me about it. She goes, Well, um, I'm in California, and so all these, all these girls are having children out of wedlock, and they're all coming out of churches. I was like, yeah, because the, the legalism stirs it up, right? So if, if you tell them, hey, see, he, we, we need to trust the Holy Spirit. When we know that they're perfectly loved, then they don't do. But what if they do do? Now we love even more, right? So anyway, she was saying, so all these girls are coming, and they go, can I have a white wedding dress? And she was like, sweetie, of course you can have a white wedding dress. In God's eyes, you've never even made a mistake, 
I didn't understand grace at all, but I understood grace. I was like, that, it was just like, if you've had an abortion, he's not mad at you. He loves you perfectly, and he's got your baby waiting in his arms. Oh, they did something for my heart. Then go, hey, this woman, this girl, she's, she's now ashamed. Her parents are ashamed. She's ashamed. She doesn't want to show herself in church. I go, of course you can wear a white dress. I don't know. It, just, it was so meaningful to me. See, that's not operating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It's the tree of life. I give life and only life. I don't do this good, bad thing that you guys do. I'm different than you. Does that make sense to you guys? Oh, it hurts. The, it, doesn't, it, it really irritates the people that are pretty good like the older brother, because I've done all this stuff. I go, but if you, if you dig deep, there's probably some wounds there that they need to be healed of, and they can't enjoy them. So anyway, so now if the ministry that brought death, which was engraved in letters of stone, so what was engraved on letters of stone? The law. So that's why scripture says when the stone was rolled away, what did the people see? The mercy seat. So the law, when the stones rolled away, when the stones rolled away, because that'll, that'll keep you in the tomb, Right? Keep, keep you dead. So once that stone was rolled away, then the disciples and Mary ran in and they saw the two angels with Jesus' blood set on the sheet. They, they could boldly go to the throne of grace. Right? You guys get it? All the scriptures talk about the same thing. So now if the ministry that brought death, which we thought was right, hey, do these things and you, you'll find life. No, it actually kills you. If the ministry that brought death, which was graved in letters on stone, came with glory, so that the Israelites could not steadily look at the face of Moses because of its glory, transitory though it was. So different translation says, even though it was fading, right? So when, when Jesus sees John the Baptist, what does he say? John the Baptist says, I must become less so that you can become more. And 40 years later, the whole fig tree, the legal system, the law completely came to an end. And there's never been a sacrifice ever again. That's why Jesus said, hey, I curse this fig tree. Nobody should eat from this fig tree ever again in this age. It says forever, but it's literally ion. It's an age. So, so Moses, transitory though it was, it was fading away. Will not the ministry of the Spirit be even more glorious? So here's what he's saying. As you will find life when you believe you already have everything. When you believe you're perfectly loved, radically forgiven, and you're one with me. What I really wanted, guys, is, is, is innocence is not the end. Innocence meaning that we had to know that he never kept any record of wrong and, and completely forgave us of every sin so I could tr trust him. So he wasn't going to do it because husbands and wives, we probably all played this game a little bit and where we bring up things in the past. Well, remember when you did this? How well does that work out? There's probably not going to be a lot of intimacy that night. Is there? No, men, we're like, wait, what's the problem? But uh, <laughs> ladies, right? If I bring up something Barb did a year ago, you think she's really going to want to be intimate with me? No. no, she's like, what are you, you're, not, you're still thinking about that stupid thing? Well, yeah. See how weird it is? So unless we were completely, unless we know he keeps no record of wrong, we cannot have intimacy. So forgiveness was not the goal. Forgiveness just had to be I, look, guys, you can kill me, and I'll say, forgive them, Father. I won't even hold you killing me against you. I won't hold anything against you. Nothing will separate you from my love. Once we realize that, now I can still have intimacy with them. Hey, Lord, I blew it again. I know. Aren't you glad that I don't, I'm not like men? I keep no record of wrong. I still love you. I still bless you. I still favor you. And the goodness of God leads to change, guys. So we don't have to worry about, am I giving them license to sin? It actually makes us feel good where we come out of it eventually. 
Doesn't mean you're never gonna mess up and dabble in things, whatever, but I promise you, the more you know you're loved, you'll eventually, it dissolves, it fades away. That old tree of knowledge of good and evil and death starts to fade. Does that make sense? And all scripture's talking about the same thing. So. so if that was true, if there was this glorious thing, will not the ministry of the Spirit, what you believe, be even more glorious? That's what he's trying to say. Cool? All right, next slide. <clears throat> all right, verse 14. To this day, the same veil remains when the old covenant's read. So the veil, uh, like when you do a wedding and they take the veil off, what do they see? The bride and the groom see face to face. So what he's saying is the thing that separates you from me is the rules. You think you're going to find intimacy with me by being good. You're going to find intimacy by me by getting rid of the be good tree and just see me. That make sense? So if we're trying to find life by going, what does the Bible say about that? It often kills us versus brings life. It sounds good. There's a way that seems right unto a man, but the end leads death. So here's what he's saying. To this day, the same veil remains when the good bad tree is introduced. Hey, he'll bless you if you do. Right? No, he blesses because he can't help himself. He blesses. That's who he is. There's no dualism in him. There's no good bad. There's only good. He doesn't withhold a blessing. He says, I pour out my blessing on everybody. <clears throat> that makes us mad. Because <coughs> that knucklehead doesn't deserve it, right? So to this day, the same veil remains when the old covenant's read. It has, it has not been removed because only in Christ is it taken away. So even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. Where do you believe things? In your heart, right? So if you're still trying to get it from, if I do, if I'm a good little boy, then he'll bless me. It's either going to make you very judgmental of others, lack of compassion, or for most of us, we'll never measure up and we just feel invaluable. We're not worthy to be blessed. So. But whenever anybody turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. So here, see what he's trying to say here? He's like, the reality of Jesus is different than the book. Right? You cannot find it written. It's types and shadows which all point to me. They're all stories about me. You can get valuable insights about me, but what I really want is a marriage relationship. I really want you. you. Guys get it? So please don't write me hate mail. I'm telling you not to read the Bible. What I'm saying is it's easier than that. He just speaks to you. He has intimacy with you. And he'll, if he wants you to read a scripture, he'll bring it to mind. And guess what? You'll understand it. Isn't that better? I'm going to take an hour and dig into scripture. Most of the time, it's so futile to me. It's just like, then when I'm just like listening to music or watching the Yankees game or something, I'm like, Ding, it comes to me. Like, oh, God, you're so good. You're so good. I didn't have to do anything. I didn't have to go pray and fast on the mountain or anything. Right? You just give it to me because you give me all things freely. Anybody else relate to that? And I remember when I was little, I would go, there's no way he, like, how do I know that? And this guy doesn't know it because he's this mega guy. But I just knew something in my heart. And then I realized, like, no, Mike, I'm sharing things with you that you don't have to do all those things that they're doing. And I got excited. Like, so I've been hearing you the whole time? Yes. Wow, that's easier. I'm going back to that. I'm going back to the Spirit, right? All right, so, but when everybody turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. That's where we got our name. Because when I was in the shower, and he goes, your name's wrong. Well, what is it? He didn't tell me. <laughs> so if you remember that, I came to the next service, I go, hey, guess, good news. Our name's wrong. Well, what's it going to be? I don't know. He hasn't told me that part yet. I just get excited when he shares stuff because it always feels good. It feels right. And so, uh, but then I remember going, ah, oh, when I finally heard the letter kills, the spirit gives life. If you just believe you have everything, 
There's, you cannot mix the old and new covenants. The old one's got to fade away and die, and the new one's got to be new. A better covenant written on, or, uh, written on better things. It's on your heart. You won't have the need of a rabbi because everybody's going to know me. So what's so crazy to me now is the new covenant ministry is to tell you you don't need the new covenant ministry. It's bizarre, actually, to me, because so many people hear all this stuff. I'm like, no, you need to hear from somebody that you're okay and that you all know him, right? You know him. That's what the new covenant ministry is about, to put you into a deeper relationship with him, not to teach you something you don't know because your heart already knows it because he's in you and he's become one. So isn't that weird? You know every secret. You really do if you want to get into it because he knows from the end from the beginning and you become one with him. So there's no time to him. It's really, that, that stuff just fascinates me. So now the Lord is the spirit. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. So the name came when I, was, when I finally got it and I was like, hey, how would you feel if you knew you'd never be judged for anything you ever did again? Oh man, I'd feel free. I was like, same here, man. Because <laughs> I just got a hold of this thing too. <coughs> and I remember uh, there were several of us in our basement at the time. Everybody said the same word, freedom. I go, that's it, freedom. Spirit of the Lord is there's freedom. And we all who with unveiled faces, so we don't have to, we're not reading the good bad tree because the good bad tree is the law, right? So we don't have, that's not what we're basing our marriage relationship with. We're basing it on, we become one and I believe that. So in all who with unveiled faces, because the veil is the law, you guys all following this? So when we read the law, the veil's there because we're gonna kill ourselves. Going, if you do these things, then I'll bless you. Sounds good. There's a way that seems right unto a man, but at the end it, you die. So we all, with unveiled faces, we can go straight to him. The law, the stones rolled away, we can go straight to the throne of grace, are being transformed into his... In fact, what's really head-scratcher is you're, you're in the throne of grace. You're, you're seated with him in heavenly places far above every other principle you could ever know. I'm one with him on the throne. You guys get it? So prayer is not, I'm trying to make God move. Prayer is let it bubble up out of the inside of you because he's there. You're the temple. So are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory. So the old covenant faded and died. The new covenant does what? More and more, more and more. That's why, guys, there's not this thing that uh, uh, we have to be fearful because the world's going to come to an end, all that. That kind of teaching is what's going to get us into that if it ever happens. There's no further judgment we have to look forward to. Jesus finished it. Does that make sense to you guys? It says, if any man be in Christ, the new has come. Are we in Christ? then there's nothing to look forward to except more and more. He's come. The new creation's come. Heaven and earth has passed away. There's a new heaven and earth. What's the new heaven and earth? We're it. It's where heaven meets earth. It's right here. We're the new temple. Because the Jews, heaven and earth to them was the temple system. Where heaven meets earth. If you go into the, the holiest of holies, it was all earth. It was all pictures of earth and things and stuff. And the sea, the outer courts, was where the Gentiles were because they die. They're not in this covenant. But he's like, no, no, no. At the very end of Revelation, it says, death and hell, the sea gave up their dead because that was the abyssos, the sheol, the, the scary stuff. We don't know what happens there. It's all chaotic. The sea gave up their dead and we all stood before God. And, and guess what? Death and hell were thrown into the lake of fire and were purged by brimstone. Brimstone's theon. It says, whatever it touches, turn, transforms it into the same image as itself. So guess what? Death and hell are thrown into the lake of purification and God's presence. What do you think happens to death and hell if they're in God's presence? they fade away. The second death is what he said. So death and hell die. Woo. It's so good once you get it. It's like, you're free, guys. You're free. So you saying that everybody's going to heaven? No. I'm saying heaven and hell, if you read scripture, in, in his presence. Go look at it. 
It's in his presence. So hell, so everybody's going to heaven. Look around. Are, are Christians not in hell? Yes, they're, they're, they're some of the most miserable creatures I've ever met because they're worried about this stuff. I'm serious. I'm like, be happy like my friends that have this ministry that tell these girls they can have a white dress. And do those girls love those people? Yes, they didn't beat them over the head with a book. They gave them the spirit. They gave them life. Does that help? So you're not separated. Nothing can separate you is what he says. So if you're experiencing hell, it's in the presence of the lamb. It's not the separation. That's a whole other talk. Which, uh, anyway, so you are being transformed in his image with everything in glory that comes from the Lord who is the spirit. All right, get to your feet. So I went a little long. Does this help? Does it make sense? So all I'm trying to say is that the less you try and just live and be loved, be forgiven. So how does this work? Uh, Francois de Troyes, Baxter Kruger, these guys say it like this. They say, eat from the I am tree versus the I am if I do tree. That seems right, doesn't it? Because we train our kids that way, we do everything that way. Hey, if you're a good boy, we'll give you a sucker, right? And we do it all the time, even in Sunday school, I'm sure. It's like, hey, you get a treat if you're good. But does every little kid get a treat at the end? Yeah, we don't care. I mean, give them a treat. I told, little kids, all they want to know is, teacher, when do I get my candy? And so it's like, that's Sunday school to me. It's like, let them have a blast. In fact, uh, uh, Jeff Forrest, you'll appreciate this. So your daughter, Chloe, is when they all came over to the barbecue to our house. No, this was perfect. It was, it was beautiful. Were you there when she was saying this? So we had, you know, for take the summer off because people are doing vacations and stuff and, and whatever. But uh, honestly, if, if you're on a Wednesday, if you want to come over, text me, whatever, and we'll have church. We'll, We'll hang out on my deck and, and just go through this stuff and live life. Um, but Chloe goes this. She goes, uh, I kept waiting for, when's the lesson? And then she goes, then I realized, this is the lesson. It's just to have fun with my friends. I was like, yes, Chloe. That's life and life more abundantly. There's more life happening in the that than, okay, sit down. Let me tell you about the Bible. There's no life there. Does that make sense? Uh, that was the most beautiful thing. Honestly, I was like, I couldn't have said it better myself, Chloe. That's perfect. Then I realized this is the license, the lesson, to have life and life more abundantly. Like, yeah, how fun is that to hang out with your kids and run around and get crazy? Right? And then have a barbecue. That's life to me. So does that help you guys? So we can go to this last slide and we'll finish. So here's, here's, so how do you do it? It's not by works. It's not by religious works. It's not by praying, fasting, etc. Because a lot of praying, fasting, etc. Although it can get some results, I get it. More often than not, it leaves you empty. You doing and doing and doing. The harder you try, the worse it gets. Or that you feel further alienated for God. Like where are you? Eat from the I am tree. And this is to, you might have a difference, but here's what it is. Oh Lord, you love me no matter what. You look at me as, like, as if I've never made a mistake. And you know what's so, you know what's so refreshing to me, Lord. You even make my mistakes to prosper. God, what a good covenant. And then I just start, I try to, I try to, to feel and love the new covenant promises. That's what I try to do. Is I, so if I'm going to do a devotional, that's really where I spend my time, to be honest with you. I spend my time connecting with him, just like, Lord, show me something cool about you today. Show, hey, tell me I'm the man again today. Mike, you're the man. I know. It's beautiful, actually. Does that make sense? Now, most of the time, we don't feel like we're the man. That's why I need to go, okay, tell me, wash me with your message again, Lord. I just blew everything. I screwed up. I made this mistake. Barb's mad at me. My kids are mad at me. Facebook's mad at me. Life sucks. 
right? Am I the only one that's ever been there? No. Probably all of us have been there this week, right? If we're really real. So guess what? He's like, I know, but I came into that darkness. I came into all those feelings. I'm not a high priest that's a jerk. That's my interpretation. He says, I'm not a high priest that doesn't know your feelings. I've experienced every feeling you know, and it's going to be okay because I've conquered even that. I've, I've, in fact, just give those feelings over to me. Lord, I feel like this. I can't do anything. I can't do to find life. I need to be attached to the vine, which is you, the source, the spirit. So you do it through me so I can bear fruit again. Show me your love for me, Lord. Show me your radical forgiveness for me, Lord. Show me that whatever I put my hand to prospers in my business. Show me that even my mistakes, you handle it. That's where I start to find life. Does that make sense to you? So that's where you start eating from the I am tree. I am all these things because two have become one. So whatever Jesus has, I have. And whatever Jesus has, you have. So is he going to withhold healing from you? No. Is he going to hold blessing from you? No. Yeah, but what if you made the mistake? Better confess all your sins. If you have any unforgiveness, it's garbage, guys. He's removed sin as far as the east is from the west. The only pre- Why, does he want us to forgive? Yeah, of course. Because who is it affecting? Us. It's affecting our heart because we don't feel worthy. Does that make sense? Does that help you guys? So it's, it's, I don't know what it is. You all have a personal relationship with him. You, you're different than me, so don't feel like you have to do it. But I, I just try bathe myself and you know what, Lord, you're amazing. You're good. I, I know it doesn't look quite right. On paper, this doesn't look right. This doesn't look right, but you make all things work together. You bless me no matter what. You radically forgive me. You make all things work together for me. Man, you love me. I know this situation's going over here, but I can throw it onto you because you care for me. And I started eating from the tree again. I started eating from the tree of he loves me because that's who he is versus he loves me and blesses me by what I do. Does that help you guys? Because I promise you, once you start doing it, and I've been there where, hey, I'm not, at least I'm not dealing with that sin. You get judgmental, don't you? So if you eat from the wrong tree, you're going to find death no matter what. If you're, if you're really obedient, if you're really disciplined, if you're whatever, you'll start to be like the older brother going, why am I not happy? I can find the flaw in a person. I can, and I get upset. I'm doing all this stuff, Lord. And this person, in fact, there was a guy who went to the academy with me, reminded me today, Mike Schulter. I told Barbara, I've never seen a dude like that. That He didn't care about anything. He just, everything worked. I, just crazy stuff. Stuff he wasn't supposed to be doing, it just worked. I was like, how does he do that? Because you know, you're supposed to have all these grades. And I was like, well, what were your grades getting in here? He goes, ah, two, seven, eight or something. I'm like, what? And it just worked. You know what? He, he, he had a good self-image. He just, he was good. And so people are like, oh, you're, you're going to do this, and you're going to do that, and you're never going to make it, etc. So he goes to pilot training, he becomes the F-16 squadron commander. <laughs> I was like, that is awesome. It's showing me the, the harder I have to perform, the less I'll perform. The more, the more I know, hey, I am successful. Everything I put my hand to prospers. I get busy. I get busy. I'm not, so it's not that I'm not working. It's just I'm working out of inspiration versus diligence. Does that, does that make sense? And if I'm loving my wife, I'm not because I read love and respect. It's because I know how much he loves me and he's radically forgiven me so I can love my wife. And if you're struggling there, just go, Lord, reveal to me what you see about me. How much do you love me? Because then you'll start to see your wife, your spouse, your husband in a different light. And I can't tell you, it's like, because we've done it wrong and we've done it right. It's just like so good. It's so good. And some of you guys, might, that might be a million miles away, but it'll re, he's the restorer, guys. He'll make it, it'll get passionately good. 
It really will. So enough of that. You guys get the point, right? So uh, does this help you guys? So Father, we love you. We praise you. We just thank you that you wanted intimacy with us. You wanted us to know how much you loved us. You wanted to know how much you forgave us. You wanted to know that nothing separates us from you, that whatever we do, you bless. You think whatever we do is a good idea. You just, hey, let's do this. Let's do it together, and I'll inspire you to go do it. I'll, you, this won't be a struggle for you guys. I'll write desires on your heart. Give it back to me. Go, Lord, I want to do this. And then I'll give you the will and the to-do. So you'll just be the branch, and I'll be the vine. We'll be doing it together, and you'll look good. Ah, oh, thank you, Lord. What a good covenant. That's so good. So, Father, we thank you that just let that get deep into their heart, that you love them passionately. You radically forgive them. You radically bless them. Even in their darkness, they don't understand it. So touch that darkness. Just bring light to that area where they're still struggling, where they feel unworthy, where they feel guilty, where they feel shameful. You don't see them that way. You see them as perfectly loved bride, and everything starts to work in their lives. So we just say thank you for those promises. In Jesus' magnificent name, amen, amen, amen. 